You're listening to Pokemon Rose, a nostalgic look back at the Pokemon series with your host, Dan Hughes. This week, I want to take a look at something really particular to the Pokemon franchise as a whole, and that's the concept of rivalry. Last week, we talked about how important it is to have agency and how important it can be to put a team together of people that you trust. And I think that one of the things that Pokemon does beautifully is that it gives you a foil, it gives you an adversary, it gives you a rival to really cement your place in the world and also how you're kind of uh, gauging your own success based on the success of others. Pokemon does a really interesting thing because back in the day, in the late 90s, rival was kind of a dirty word because the rival at the time was Blue or Gary, whose catchphrase when he left you in the dust was smell you later. You know, not exactly the best kind of friend, I suppose. And yet, growing up in the town of Pallet, probably the only other kid you ever knew. Gary, or Blue as I'm going to call him from here on out, is a really interesting character. He's not given a whole lot of backstory, but he's given just enough to figure out who he is. Basically, he is the phrase, something sticking in that guy's craw, made manifest. He is the grandson of Professor Oak, and he feels like he has a lot to prove because of that. But he also feels like this old man doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm the real Pokemon master here. Never mind that he's, I don't know, seven times my age at the time of Pokemon Blue. But this old fogey doesn't know what he's talking about. Pokemon are meant to be tools. They're meant to be used for getting yourself more powerful. They're not meant to widen your breadth of knowledge about the world. And he is always one step ahead of you in Pokemon Blue. He picks... uh, Well, actually, that's not strictly true. He's crucially one step behind you at the point where it would benefit him most. He picks the Pokemon for his partner after you pick yours, and he always goes with the type that is stronger than the Pokemon that you pick. So if you pick the fire Pokemon Charmander, he picks the water Pokemon Squirtle. If you pick the grass Pokemon Bulbasaur, he picks the fire Pokemon Charmander. I cannot tell you how many times I restarted my game when I was a kid, thinking maybe I could trick him, but it never worked. He always had one over on me, that darn blue And then from that point out, he's traveling across the world, and he really is quite ahead of you at every point, sometimes even doubling back in what you would later realize is a really long way just to kind of rub your nose in how well he's doing. He's got more badges than you, his Pokemon are maybe evolved, where you haven't seen them evolved yet, and I mean, honestly, if you're a newcomer to Pokemon, fighting blue is hard. He doesn't pull punches. He uses type advantages. He uses uh, those, you know, moves like leer and growl that as a kid you thought were useless because you couldn't understand what the benefit of lowering something's defense or attack was. But Blue did. Blue understood it from the start. And he was kind of a jerk about it. I say kind of a jerk. He was a jerk about it. (laughs) At every turn, he would just tell you how poorly you're doing. And even at the end of the game, when it's you versus him in that final championship battle, he just cannot get over himself. He says the phrase, do you know what that means? Referring to him being the champion. 
It means I'm the most powerful trainer in the world. He's got an ego is my point. But it's an important ego, especially in that first game, because what Blue did was he set the precedent for what your rivals would look like in later games. And he also set the template for how that can be changed, modified, and expanded upon to change the role of your quote-unquote rival in the subsequent Pokemon games. I always liked Blue, and I think it was because he was so mean, because I had a friend like Blue. When I was a kid, before I even knew that Pokemon was a game, back when I just watched the show and collected the cards, believe it or not, there was a point where I didn't even realize it was a video game. There was a kid at my school named Josh, and Josh was a real sweetheart. But he was also kind of a jerk. <laughs> but he was a good kind of jerk. He was the kind of jerk who brought me out of my shell. The first time I ever met Josh was the first day I was going to this new school. It was a new school. I was seven years old, maybe. I was terrified. I had been to only one school previous to that. And I didn't realize at the time that changing schools was going to be something that was pretty frequent in my young life. And it was scary. I didn't know anybody. I thought everybody was making fun of me. I was really self-conscious. And up comes Josh, this wiry little red-haired kid. And he says, hey, do you like Pokemon? I say, yeah. And it was from that point on, we were best friends. He introduced me to people at school. He introduced me to the game. He let me know to get a Game Boy Color and to get Pokemon Red or Blue versions so that we could play together. And then when I got it, I remember it was like he was blue. Because any time he would ask me how far along I was, and I told him I was, oh, I don't know, in the Viridian Forest, he would say, you haven't even gotten your first badge yet? Or by the time I got my first badge, he said, well, I've already got seven, and I can't wait to beat the Elite Four. I didn't even know who the Elite Four were. He always knew more than I did. And when we started battling one another, when we would pit our teams against each other with an old link cable in the old latchkey room that, fun fact, uh, I didn't need to stay in, but I did stay in because that's where all the kids played Pokemon. He would always get the better of me. Always. But he never made fun of me. He never made me feel bad. The only thing he ever said to me is that the best you got. And that stuck with me, because when somebody says, when a friend, a rival, if you want to call it that, says, is that the best you got? What they're really saying to you, if they care about you, is, I know you can do better. So Josh, whether he knew it or not, pushed me to be better in school, making friends, and in Pokemon. And you know, Blue never does that specifically. But he does through his other, he does implicitly through his kind of gross actions. By being a little bit of a jerk, he gives you that steam to push forward and eventually best him. And I'm sure I beat Josh once or twice, but that's not what I remember. I remember fighting him. I remember learning from him and growing with him. That's what a rival can do. And you know, the Pokemon series understands that because not going into all of the different rivals, because there's a whole lot of them. But some of the discourse that I read online is often about how the rivals have really changed, or, you know, there's never one that really matched up to blue. And I guess that's kind of true. But 
the people who are saying that are kind of blue. <laughs> and let me explain that. You've been playing those Pokemon games as often as they've been coming out. And what the Pokemon games do is instead of giving you a kind of frustrating rival, they give you a friend or somebody who's struggling, like in Pokemon Sapphire and Ruby. And you meet other people who are maybe having identity crises, like in Black and White, who have their own dream that they want to fulfill, but don't have the courage to stand up to their father. Or they don't have the wherewithal to do self-reflection and realize how critical they are of themselves. It's through your interaction with them that they start to fully actualize. And I would say that that's because you've played Pokemon. And you know, even if you haven't grown up with it, like those people in the online discourse or like me, I think it's really special that a kid can pop in whatever Pokemon game and get that same kind of fulfillment that I did from fighting a really rivalrous blue as maybe someone like, oh, I don't know, the other end of the spectrum, Nimona. Nimona in Scarlet and Violet is, to me, the perfect evolution of a rival. And here's why. When you meet Nimona, she's already a champion. She's already done everything in the world. And you move in, and she can tell that you love Pokemon, whether it's true of your character or of the player. And immediately, she gleans that, hey, this kid is somebody that I can have a lot of fun with. Not in a mean way, not in a bully way, but in, realistically, a Goku way. Come on, let's fight, let's get stronger together. That's really the difference between Blue and Nimona, is kind of like the difference between Vegeta and Goku. One just wants to get stronger, and the other is a little more fun about it. Nimona is a really cool character because she guides you throughout the game in a way that makes you into her rival. She kind of holds your hand through some things, but then encourages you when you take your own leaps. She's impressed by how far you've come. She's there to encourage you. So to me, it's really cool to see this 25-plus-year spectrum going from Blue being kind of a jerk to Nimona being a really true friend who just wants to see the best in you so that she can have fun in Pokemon battles and get the same feeling from both of those characters. The drive to be better. The want to get to a place that I hadn't been before. I think about Josh a lot, and I think about what he's doing now in that kind of way that you think about people that you went to elementary school with. And I hope he's doing really well, because he really made an impact on me. And I think that people you meet when you're 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, that kind of golden age of childhood, they affect you in ways that you don't realize until you look back on it. And I think Blue affected me in a lot of ways that I didn't really realize until doing this series. So Blue and Josh, this one's for you. Smell you later.